Dear Jesus, we uh, are just so thankful that you are the author and perfecter of our faith, and you're cheering us on. You're the object of our faith, and you're the one we go to to be filled up. So we just ask, Lord, that your power would be on display this morning, and in the personal way that you do it, that you would speak to each of us personally, and um, so that we can go out of here making applications from your word. And we pray this in your name. Amen. I wanted to start um, by reading from Romans chapter 4, 18 through 21. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it said it, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. So this morning as we come in in, from all our different directions and circumstances, facts don't weaken our faith. The fact of the situation that you're going through doesn't weaken our faith. Faith faces the facts. Faith doesn't hide its head in the sand. Faith is fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised to do. And we are winners in the end. And I I want us to stay focused on the fact that this is truth that we base our faith on. And um, as we get started, just three things I have on the outline to remember as we talk about faith this morning. And this is, to me, the most important one, that God is personal and wants to, each of us to know him in a personal way. So as you think about the trials and circumstances that you're facing this morning, think about your personal God walking with you through this trial. He uses our faith as a vehicle to get more personal with us. The second bullet point is faith in Jesus is available today. So if you don't know him, it's available today. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from Romans 10.9. Thirdly, faith is required in the everyday. And I hope this is one of our big takeaways from this lesson. Is faith just isn't in the big decisions. It's where we all live day to day. Faith is initiated by God, a gift to be used by believers to show his glory to the world. Jesus is the object of our faith, and it is the object of our faith, not the strength of our faith, that matters most. And I kind of took that from a Tim Keller quote. I kind of changed it a little bit. (laughs) Um, And Tim Keller goes on to say, that strong faith in a weak branch is fatally inferior to weak faith in a strong branch. 
It isn't the quantity of my faith, but it's the quality of the object of my faith. Okay? Our faith is for the glory of God to be witnessed by those around us, but it is also very personal to each of us. It gives us peace in the middle of the night when we are awake with worries and burdens. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. Even when we don't have the power to raise that shield, he's our shield around us. Faith says, there is no formula for how my life will turn out. Only the belief that my faithful God is holding my life and fulfilling his good and gracious plan for my life. The object of my faith, Jesus, is completely trustworthy. The devil will use every opportunity to trip up believers and make them doubt the goodness and faithfulness of God. But just as Priscilla reminded us last week, there are 8,000 promises that are ours in Christ Jesus. Truth is the foundation of our faith. And continuing in truth is how we walk by faith. So what is faith? That's your first point on your outline. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. In Hebrews 11.6, it states, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Priscilla defined faith as acting like God is telling the truth. And I adjusted that just a bit and said, faith is acting because God is telling the truth. (laughs) That just spoke to me a little louder. And how do we have the power or even want to to act? By relying on the resources and reward of God. Faith takes belief to behavior. Jesus provides us with the resources and reward as we live by faith. And as I looked at Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, you know, so many different people mentioned within that chapter. And I thought, what is it? You know, what was a about all of them that I could bring something out of. And it was that they relied on the resources of God and they were looking forward to the reward of God. So what are the resources of God? The Word of God, the Holy Spirit, fellowship and prayer. The Word of God encompasses both the promises and commands found in Scripture. The Holy Spirit switches my focus to Jesus and takes the promises and commands of Jesus and applies them to me. Fellowship, other believing women that the Lord brings into our lives and not comparative or competitive relationships, but consoling and comforting relationships. Prayer, pouring our heart out to our faithful God who sees our need and sees to our need. And then the reward, It's Jesus now as we walk by faith here on earth and Jesus then when we see him for all eternity in heaven. We get the reward of knowing him deeper as we focus on the object of our faith. So what could be a test as I try to live by faith each day? My flesh and the devil do not want to let on that living by faith is desirable or even attainable. 
So here's a quick test, because I kind of wanted to make this really applicable, and I've been trying to do this in my own life. In what I'm attempting right now, and that could be unloading the dishwasher, folding laundry, taking a meal to somebody, driving carpool, am I utilizing his resources and looking for my future reward? Since faith pleases God, let us approach each day utilizing his resources, spending time in his word, asking the spirit to help us to understand the word and apply it to our lives, praying to him and enjoying fellowship with other believers. And don't forget that Jesus is our greatest reward now as well as in heaven. So we walk by faith and not by sight. That's your number two outline on your outline just like the song said. So that was cool. (laughs) In the big and small decisions, in all the seasons and circumstances in life, my faith points to the greatness of God and the weakness that's in me. And I just thought of Galatians 2.20, and it was one of the first verses I ever memorized. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I thought that's really what faith is, right? He's living himself through us. And as Pastor Frost said months ago, the point of my life is not my life. My faith is pointing to something bigger, to the one who loved me and gave himself for me. So we're going to look at three things about faith. My faith positions me for God's purposes. My faith pushes me past fear and complacency. And my faith points to something greater. So first of all, faith positions me for God's purposes. Let's look at Joseph. He was sold into slavery by his brothers, winds up as a slave in Potiphar's house, falsely accused and put in prison, then ends up being Pharaoh's right-hand man. God positioned him, even using difficult circumstances, to get Joseph where he wanted him to be. Faith accepts the boundaries that are placed on my life. Faith believes and waits. I exercise faith when I don't jump in and fix a situation in my own power and in my own strength, and I want to do that so bad. I step back and watch for God to show up. All the obstacles put in my life and the lives of my loved ones are opportunities for God to be seen and for us to grow in our faith. Faith says, in these God-ordained circumstances, I will humbly rely on God for my resources to persevere even when I don't understand this trial. I will trust him for the outcome. I give up control for his positioning in my life. Faith believes that what assails me now is far outweighed by what awaits me there. Some examples of God's positioning are obvious. A new job, a move to a new city, when your child makes a sports team. But the other examples are less obvious. For instance feeling stuck in a job, trapped by the feeding schedule of a newborn, health problems that might reduce your physical activity, or not getting your offer accepted on the perfect house. 
having to sit back and watch your child struggle in relationships at school. We have to remind ourselves that even when we don't see God's hand moving, He is always working behind the scenes. Recently, a friend of mine got excited as she considered a job change to where she felt the Lord was moving her. She made it through three rounds of interviews in a time frame over about two months. And then she got the call that she was not the person that got the job. We know that the closed door is a sure sign of his will. But sometimes we ask, what was that about, Lord? It feels like on our walk of faith that we're right back where we started from. I was deeply encouraged watching her walk, her walk of faith, because she didn't pretend that it wasn't hard. But she was choosing to believe God's purpose above the way she felt. The day-to-day living and waiting when our heart's desire is to be in a different place is very difficult. More often than not, the action of faith is not doing something outwardly. It's trusting and waiting inwardly. But the Lord helps us, and he is near in a way that we wouldn't know him if everything always went our own way and in our own timing. Disappointments and slow processes give us the opportunity to fix our eyes on the greatness of Jesus, our soul's reward, and trust his timing and positioning. Are you feeling trapped this morning? Hold on and ask the Lord for grace in his positioning of your life so that he can fulfill the purposes he has for your life. Faith positions me, and it also pushes me past my fear and complacency. Ruth, from the book of Ruth, she was a widow in her country of Moab. She chose to return, or not return, she chose to return with Naomi to Bethlehem instead of staying in her safe, familiar homeland. Practically speaking, this was not going to go well for her. I just picture her mom, her family crying as she left. And she might have said to her crying mother, the safest place to be is the will of God. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Ruth worked hard to care for Naomi as she gleaned from the fields. She trusted God and was later even praised for trusting God by Boaz. The fear of the unknown and comfort of her homeland could have kept Ruth from accompanying Naomi. You see, fear, as well as my flesh, will always be fighting against my faith. But trust and reliance will advance my faith. What circumstances have you fearful right now? Is it a doctor's appointment for you or a loved one? Is it a financial need? Maybe you have a child moving out of the state or even out of the country. Or a grandchild addicted to drugs. The fear of the what-ifs can paralyze us, but in faith we are claiming that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. The even-ifs outweigh the what-ifs because of the faithfulness of God. What about areas of your life where you don't want to give up control to the Lord? For instance, doing everything within our power to ensure that child makes the team or gets the A You know, you stay up all night working on the project, right? Or putting someone else down to a boss or a friend to make yourself look better. 
in any situation where you or I are tempted to control, let's not step in and control a situation for the sake of comfort. Faith believes and waits. It doesn't jump in and fix a situation. It steps back and watches God show up. Examples of complacency in our lives might be not carving out time to study God's word, but having plenty of time to go to the gym or another hobby, not wanting to tithe or serve at church because it might interfere with being able to go out of town when you want to. We all need boundaries and the ability to say no, but we also need to put our schedules and preferences before the Lord and ask him if there are areas of complacency in our lives. Faith positions me. Faith pushes me past my fear and complacency, and faith points to something greater. Real faith is always pointing me past the power, pointing past me to the power and glory of Jesus Christ. Faith is exhibited in a life visibly to point others to the invisible God. Faith points to a person in power not of this world. In Ruth's case, she ends up marrying Boaz and becomes the great-grandmother to King David and in the lineage of Jesus, pointing us to the coming king. And when Joseph finally sees his brothers again, he points to God's sovereignty and says, God sent me ahead of you to preserve you and has accomplished the saving of many lives. Other examples. King Jehoshaphat said it this way in 2 Chronicles 20.12. This is one of my favorite verses. When faced by a vast army, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Job's reply to the Lord after many trials in Job 42. I know that you can do all things. No plans of yours can be thwarted. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. King Nebuchadnezzar said in Daniel 3.28, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who rescued them. They trusted in him rather than serve or worship another God. They let their lives point to something greater. Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 4.7, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power within us is from God and not us. What is your faith asking of you today so that others can see the power of someone greater? Here are a few ideas maybe to think about. Make a phone call or write a note to give encouragement. Not complain about carpool or your boss or your mother-in-law to a friend today. Take a meal to someone whose load has been heavy by a death of a loved one or a medical condition. And then just pray. Pray with someone who's going through a difficult time. Cry out to the Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. A prayer in faith is a sure way to point others to the power and promises of Jesus. We don't have to have all the answers. We are pointing to the one who does have all the answers, the object of our faith. Faith leads me and those around me to a bigger and better view of God. So let's draw our attention to the woman of faith now. And I laughed 
thinking about, do I think of myself as a woman of faith? And how would you describe that? And I thought, no, I would describe myself as like a moving specialist. Like I move kids from one place to another. I move their stuff from one place to another. I move food from one place to another. I move clothes from one place to another. And now I have a dog, and so I move the poop in the backyard. So I am continually a mover. So, But a woman of faith is any woman who puts her faith in Jesus Christ as the one who bore the wrath of her sin and has given her his righteousness. So I want you to think about that. If, you, if that identifies you, then you are a woman of faith. And so let's look at some... Some M words. <laughs> they just happened to all start with M. It just, they just kept coming to me, so I, I just couldn't stop. So, um, and if you get lost, you just go right to A, because we, we all mess up. And A is number one. I mess up all the time. And I, I laugh telling you the story um, when, I guess it was probably five years ago. I had three of my kids in the car, and I was driving into a Harris teeter parking lot and the kids are you know whatever arguing or whatever they're doing and I'm thinking and I I hit a parked car like I'm I slammed right into as I'm parking my SUV into another SUV and my kids were like mom and I was like it's y'all's fault y'all are arguing (laughs) so if you think you mess up just remember that story and think about me because I mess up all the time and I laugh. You know, we're supposed to be a help meet or help mate to our husbands and I'm just a handful. So <laughs> you, Garvey, Garvey would be the first to say I'm a handful. Um, so I mess up all the time and I think that is the greatest place to start as a woman of faith. Paul even said, I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, but I was shown mercy The grace of God was poured out on me abundantly. Jesus Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief. Women of faith are not perfect. They didn't have perfect parents. They didn't attend the perfect school. They don't have the perfect job. They're not married to the perfect man. And they don't have perfect children. But they live their lives honestly, pointing to the one who is perfect. We shout to ourselves in the world, he can use my failure, maybe even more than my success. When we mess up, let's look at the cross to get back on the path of faith. And as Pastor Frost said on Sunday, let's glorify Jesus by making much of our redemption. So a woman of faith messes up, but a woman of faith is motivated by grace. I said this back in the fall when I spoke about truth. Truth tells me the right thing to do, but grace encompasses both the power of God to do it as well as his patience towards me when I don't do it. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me is not without effect. Doesn't that just motivate you? (laughs) His grace is not without effect in my life. I will boast in my weakness, for when I am weak, he is strong. It is out of devotion for what I have received that I go out in the world and put Christ on display. A woman of faith measures her worth by God's standard. 
And when I was in ninth grade, I, a few of you know this story because you might have been in my group a couple years ago, but um, my ninth grade history teacher wrote Proverbs 31.30, and I was not a Christian at the time. And Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but the woman who fears the Lord will be praised. And I thought, he just thinks I'm ugly. He wrote that, you know, that was like... Um, so, but now I'm a Christian and I understand that was really a nice thing to write in somebody's yearbook, right? Because our, we're measured, our worth is measured by God's standard and a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. So fear the Lord and look in, um, Psalm 139 and first Peter, and there's plenty of other areas where we can look, um, for God's standard instead of the world to measure ourselves, our worth. mundane things matter to the woman of faith. And I put a link in there to a great article from the Gospel Coalition about the mundane. And Elizabeth Elliot, who I kind of grew up on, talks a lot lot about mundane. And and that's where a lot of us live in the mundane and the daily round is what she calls it. But small things are small things, but small things done for God are great things. So just be encouraged that he is watching and he sees the small things. We are not called to be mission. All, we are not all called to be missionaries in faraway countries, but we are called to be about God's mission in our daily lives, and that means being faithful to the small, everyday, mundane tasks. A woman of faith models trusting, and Psalm thirty-four five is one of my favorite verses. It says, "Those who look to Him are radiant." And again and again, people who cast themselves on the Lord and trust in the Lord um, are the ones who find favor. So again, trust in the Lord. A woman of faith makes her first go-to God through prayer because she knows he is her ever-present help in times of trouble. Um, It's so easy to make our first go-to like chocolate or, you know, the telephone or whatever, but... Make your first go to God. A woman of faith gives and receives mutual encouragement. Paul writes in the first chapter of Romans that he thanks God for the believers there. He is excited because their faith is being reported all over the world. He prays for them and hopes to see them so that they might be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Don't you love this? Fellow believers are one of the resources to encourage and grow our faith. I can be with certain people and I just feel filled up. I think y'all probably know what I'm talking about. You just got those friends. Because their words and actions point me past them to Jesus. The devil wants you to have plenty of followers and likes on social media. But he doesn't want you to have a close friend in Jesus. Take time to foster good friendships. Pray and ask the Lord to direct you in this. A woman of faith meditates on the word of God and memorizes it. And, you know, I'm just humbled, humbled um, that I don't do that enough. I have a lovely lady in my group who challenges me as she does it herself. So I'm very humbled um, just to remember that discipline of meditating and memorizing the word of God. The woman of faith maintains wisdom in decision-making. And I thought there were two paragraphs 
and I put the page numbers in there from the armor of God where Priscilla gives us some guidelines. She's not acting, asking us to act foolishly as we go out, um, but to walk in faith, and that means our foundation is truth. And she gives some guidelines there, so I highlighted that. And then I think I added one more, and it's not on my sheet, but I think I added it to y'all's. A woman of faith has her mouth guarded by discretion from Proverbs 2.11. And, you know, even this week, I was talking to somebody, and I didn't even know her. And I just rattled on and rattled on. And my husband said, why did you tell her all that? Because I told him about the conversation later. And he said, Emily, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have said that. And I, so if you're just getting to know somebody, sometimes less is better. You know, um, just kind of... Um, and then as you get to know them, you can maybe share a little bit more. So just again, as we go back to A and think about the woman of faith, we can have a list. And I don't want you to, I don't want it to end with a list. I want it to end with the woman of faith is any woman who, who has put her faith in Jesus Christ as the one who bore the wrath of her sin and his and he has given her his righteousness. So I don't know where you are this morning, um, but if you have not trusted in Christ, this would be the perfect day as we study faith um, to do that. And please let your leader know or, or come and talk to me afterwards. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we... Um, again, are just so humbled to be women who get to know you personally um, and be in relationship with you, Lord, and to be called women of faith. Um, It sounds crazy, um, Lord, because we mess up and we are so needy, but we um, just want to reflect you in all that we do um, in our jobs, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, And Lord, um, even when we mess up, we can point others to you um, by the way we react and how we run back to your grace. So help us to go out today and um, just live by faith. Help us to look for your resources and your reward instead of trying to do things in our own strength because faith pleases you and we want to please you. So we go by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.